One of the things we get to do is study the Bible. And so many times the, we, we, we look at the Bible as a textbook or something we have to do. And that's unfortunate. Learning the Bible and studying the Bible and letting it change you can be a, it is a life-changing experience, but it's anything but boring. So today we're going to do something a little different. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having fun learning the Bible. If you think there is, I'm sorry that you, we're, going to, we're going to enlighten you today because you can, there's, there's exciting things about learning the Bible. And we're going to play a game this morning. All right, just a quick game. How many of you have ever played this game before? You know what I'm playing? We're going to play Life Group Family Team this morning. Where's your silver jacket? And I, I've got the jacket. I forgot my handkerchief. I was going to, and I promise I'm not going to kiss anybody other than my wife. There we go. See, I even have the, uh, we got it made. All right, we're going to play Family with you this morning. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to have two teams, and we're going to designate teams real quickly. And we can't have everybody be a part of this, but here's what we're going to do. These two tables are a team. These two tables are a team, all right? So I need one member from each team to come up here to answer to see who gets to start and win Family Feud for your life group. All right. So, okay, good. Thank you. Jim, come on up, Jim. Here we go. <laughs> and Jim from the Delaney family. All right. And Mike from the, hey, Mike. Let's give Mike a hand. Mike from the neighbor family. All right. I'm really not going to kiss these guys. Amen to that. Amen. Mike's got a cold anyway. So I mean, well, back, up. back up. All right. All right. So. Here we are. We're going to have a, we're going to have an interesting little game here this morning. Now, and and whoever gets the question, I don't have a buzzer, so we'll have to do this without a buzzer. All right. So you mean you can you mean just use this and we'll? Oh, right, you got it. You're you're on top of it. All right. Thank you. All right. We're going to have there's seven times the survey says seven times in the book of John, Jesus says. I am something. All right. The first one to hold her hand up and tell me one of those. I am. Okay. Who was first? Mike. Mike was first. I am. The way, the truth, and the life. All right. The way, the truth, and the life. Do you want to play this team? Do you want to play? Or do you want to hand it off? Yes. Oh, come on. This is an easy game. All right. All right. You want to keep playing. Good. Mike, sit down right there. All right, Jim. Thank you. All right. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. You can sit down now. You've done your job. All right. Now, here we go. You get three strikes. If you miss it three times, it goes to the other team, right? Or if you, until you run out. We got seven. And which one did you say, Mike? I had three of them. The truth and life. That's all one. That's one. That's one. Sorry. All right, so he cheats already. All right, here we go. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. All of these we're going to study over the next uh, uh, five or six weeks as well. So this is good. All right, 
let's ask, let's go to the team here. We'll start with uh, with Mike on the team. Hello, Mr. Bethune. How are you? All right, Mr. Bethune. Jesus uh, said, I am uh, seven times. What are one of the what are one of the things he said? I am what? The light of the world. I am the light of the world. Right, correct. Great. Ding 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 ding. I am the light of the world. All right. Okay, who wants to answer next? That table. No, you don't ask the visitors. Come on. No, no, no. Okay, Lori, you've got one? I am the bread of life. All right, good, good. Bing, 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 bing. And that happens to be today. So you get an extra donut, okay? All right. Free, free membership in our class. There you go. All right. Who wants to be next? And there's two tables. Who wants to be next? What? We need another one. All right, Julie. I am the living water. I am the living water. Oh, man. He is. We're not debating whether he is or not. All that matters, it has to be on my card. All right. All right. So that's one scratch. We're going to change the rules. Okay, I, somebody's going to debate anyway. Okay, wait just a second now. Wait just a second. All right, we've got one. Well, I won't change the rules. We'll just go ahead and play the game. You got, you got two more X's, right? You got, you, got th you got three right so far. All right, who, else, who wants to give me one more? Shh. All right, here we go. Valerie. I am who I am. No, too wrong. <laughs> what Bible are you reading? <laughs> okay, but well, we will talk about that. That is a good statement. We will talk about that. You said I am the bread of the bread of life. Lori said I am bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. All right. There are one, two, three, four more. You have one more. <clears throat> All right. Who else? Who else on the team? Here we go. All right, Jeannie. I am he who bears witness. No. Okay, now they can. Here is the rule. They only have to get one, right? So here is the rule. Oh, they're, they're talking it over as a team. See, this is, this is the slow but progressing group, all right? It's the, it's the tortoise and the hare. The hare jumped out to an early lead, but the tortoise is coming back. All right, here we go. We have a time limit because I do want to teach today, okay? Yes, we've done bread. All right, here we go. Okay, Susan on your team has one, all right? I am the... Fine. I am the what? Fine. Fine. Vine, that's a true one. There you got it. You win. All right, so this team wins. All right, John, you want to put up the rest of them so that everybody sees what we got? Where's the car? In the parking lot. You can go steal one if you like. All right. All right. I don't have anything. 
I don't have anything fancy that turns over that goes and goes ding, but it's I am the bread of life, chapter 6, verse 35, I am the light of the world, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I am the true vine. Amen? When she said vine, she didn't say true <laughs> This is why we don't play games very often. This is a tough group. All right. Turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Today we start with, uh, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And I will remind you, maybe, can you see the board over here? I'd like to use the board again. I can move it a little bit so that everybody can see it. Every time in these I am, if you go back, John, one slide, let me just go over that again. See where he says it every time? Go back two slides, I'm sorry. I am, when he says that in each instance, in chapter 6 and chapter 8 and 10 and 11, 14 and 15, each time he says it, as we studied last week, and are these two Greek words? Ego, I me. Ego, I me. Ego, I, which we, we recognize the word because we would pronounce it ego. Obviously, there's some connection between those words. But every time Jesus said, I am, he used these two, and it's, the personal, also, you know, what's really important about these two Greek words, and that's the only reason we say it, is because it's actually the personal name of God that's used in Genesis chapter 3 when he talked to Moses the first time, and he said, Moses, tell them that the I am has sent you. The God from eternity past, eternity present, eternity future, the I am has sent you. <coughs> So every time you see this, you'll recognize this verse, or you'll recognize these two words as using these words uh, in the book of John. Ego, I me, I am, the I am, the eternal God. The emphasis of John, if you'll remember, differing from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is the emphasis is on the deity of Jesus Christ. And so I think that's why we find this over and over again, the I am, emphasizing the deity of Christ. He's going to make it even more clear today when he talks about being the bread of life. In verse 35, I want to read this verse first, and then I'll introduce some of the context. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So each figure that we have reveals something about the character of Jesus. So I am the bread of life reveals something specific for us about Jesus. Let me give you the theme, what I believe to be the theme of the text that we're going to read today. True satisfaction in life 
the resurrection from the dead and eternal life comes from one's personal faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the bread of life. So as we read through this, think about that. Let me ask you some questions. What is the context of chapter 6? What event, okay, now I'm going to ask you a question. Please go back and think a little bit about last Sunday. What event are the Jews preparing for in chapter 6? The Passover. They're preparing for the Passover. Extremely important context is to understand that. Jesus refers to several things regarding the Passover in this, in this text. Now, what, what chap, thinking of chapter 6, in the last two weeks that we've studied this chapter, what are the two major events that take place in chapter 6 prior to this discourse on the bread of life? What are the two major events? Feeding of the 5,000 first, then last Sunday, all right, the Jesus walking on the water, delivering the disciples from the storm and safely bringing them to shore. So that's the backdrop. Now let's get specific though, where is he when he teaches the story of the bread of, I mean, the, has the discourse on the bread of life, that I am the bread of life. Where is he teaching? Where? Galilee. In Galilee. Let's get more specific. Where? That's specific. What's the city? Do you remember? It's on the west side, northwest side. Capernaum. And where in Capernaum? Verse 59. Look at verse 59. He said this while teaching where? In the synagogue in Capernaum. So he's in the synagogue. He's probably seated, as we talked about uh, having been in one of the early synagogues in, the, in Magdala at one, a couple of years ago, and that the teachers were sitting when they taught. And so he's sitting teaching about being the bread of life with a, an intimate group. And most likely these synagogues, at least the one that we sat in, that was recovered from the first century would seat about comfortably, I guess, what, a hundred or so. And so that's the crowd that's there that they're talking about. Jesus now refers to himself four times in this passage in verse 35 and then in verse 41 down through the end of verse 51. This, this little uh, discourse, he refers to himself four times. As the, uh, as the bread of life, but with a different emphasis each time. The first time is verse 35. He said, I am the bread of life. This is the bread of life, and the characteristic here is I satisfy. I'm the bread of life that satisfies. See, he who comes to me will never go hungry. Now do you see why the context is important? Remember the first event of this chapter? The feeding of the 5,000. He goes on, he said, And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I will satisfy. Verse 41, he says, And at, at this the Jews began to grumble at him because he said, I am the bread of life that what? That came down from where? Heaven. I am the bread of life that he qualifies it. 
I'm the bread of life that came down from heaven. So he is saying, I'm the bread of life and here is my source. I come down from heaven. Now we're going to see in just a moment that that was not a happy topic for these Jews. And mostly inside of the synagogue, who would be sitting there? Would the crowds be there that just feasted off the, off the bread? Would they be the primary listeners here? Who's inside the synagogue? Most likely. The, the, the religious rulers. That's who he's talking to most likely. Verse 48, and which really bothered them. We'll see it in a minute. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Read the verse before. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. So I'm the bread of life who saves, who gives you eternal life. And then the last one, verse 51, he said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And he goes on, he said, this bread is my what? What does it say? Flesh. Flesh. Some have body. Some have something a little different than that. Flesh. This is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. What is he referring to? His death, on, his death on the cross. Death on the cross. He's referring to his death on the cross. I will give this flesh, this body, for the life of the world. So he is saying that I am the sacrifice I will give. I'm the bread of life. I satisfy. The source is I come from heaven. I'm the bread of life that saves, and I'm the bread of life that will give sacrifice this flesh for you. All right, so let's go back and read verse 35 again. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So he said, here's, I, here's what I'm going to give you as the bread of life. Present satisfaction. And many Christians miss that as a part of the bread of life. We miss the fact that he provides present satisfaction. I am come that they may have, they, John 10, 10, I am come that they might have life and they may have it more, what? Abundantly. Abundantly. I've come to give you present satisfaction. I've come to give you, look at verse 39. He goes on in the same text. And he says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose, uh, none of, uh, lose none of all that he has given me, but what? But raise them up at the last day. So the bread of life means the future deliverance, the resurrection, and then, of course, eternal life, which he says there um, will never go hungry, and he believes in me will never be thirsty. So, in other words, you'll be satisfied forever. While you're living as a Christian, I can satisfy you, even though I know, my children, you will look for other things to satisfy you. I still can satisfy you. And then I will continue to satisfy you forever. Let me read verse 41. Read with me, verse 41. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Verse 42, they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? 
how can he now say, I came down from heaven? So you see, you know, they're looking for some religious significance in his genealogy. They expect something other than what he is saying. They don't expect him to say, I'm from heaven. Because what is he claiming? He's claiming divinity. He's claiming to be the son of God. And that did not make them happy. That's why they were grumbling. You know, what they wanted, they grumbled just like their ancestors. And he's going to talk about this in just a second. Their ancestors, they grumbled in the wilderness, didn't they? What did they grumble? They didn't have. Remember, the, when, they, when they fled from Egypt, and uh, they're going to talk about the Passover in just a second, but they fled from Egypt, and they started grumbling. What did they grumble about? Food. Oh, we want food. We want bread. We want food. Did they get it? What did they get? Manna. They got manna. Where did it come from? Heaven. Heaven. All right. Jesus is going to use this illustration. So the manna comes from heaven, but they, you know, after a while, they got tired of manna every day. And I can understand that. And I think you probably can too. And of course, the plan of God, how that's used as an illustration that several thousand years later is just amazing to me. But you know, this came from heaven. This manna came from him every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Get a little bit more before the Sabbath so you won't have to gather on the Sabbath. Here comes the bread, here comes the bread. They say, well, you don't want bread anymore. We want something else, right? We gripe and complain. I did the same thing when I was a kid. My mother made the best homemade biscuits in America, in, in the world, in the universe. She made them every day. We had homemade biscuits every day. Guess what? For an eight-year-old boy, after having biscuits every day, you get tired of biscuits every day. And I would ask for something else. And after I got up off the floor, my father said, no, I really didn't. You will not get anything else. This is the best food in the world, and it will make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. And so I just shut my mouth and, and thought it was much better to eat biscuits every day and put a lot of jelly on it. And then I realized when I became, I grew up, when I became a man, put away childish things, as Paul said, I, I, got, I said, man, I wish I had those biscuits every day again. Right? Yes. Didn't you get the recipe? Yeah. <laughs> good, good point. That's true. She, she just told me the other day she was so sad that she could not make biscuits for me every day. Well, I said, you're not the only one sad, Mom. So, no. I, they were good. But, what did they get instead? So God said, okay, I'll give you something else. What did they get? Quail. 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 Oh, I love quail. You like quail? Quail's good. Anyway, I like to shoot them too, but that's a different story. Anyway, um, but they get quail every day. got sick of them. And they grumbled and grumbled and grumbled and grumbled. And now they're grumbling because there's, some, there's a different bread that came from heaven. But it's not the bread they wanted. Go back to our context. Remember last two, Sunday, two Sundays ago, after the feeding of the 5,000, they came and said, um, we want this. And Deuteronomy 18 says there's a prophet. We want a prophet. Why do they want the prophet to deliver them 
from the Romans. And they said, uh, and we want some more food. Well, did they want the bread of life? No, they wanted, they wanted the bread to sustain them physically. And Jesus said, there's more. Now go to verse 43. Let's read the rest of it, 43 through 51. Jesus said, stop grumbling among yourselves. Jesus answered, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Now, if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, you should underline that. Underline that and underline John 6, 37. We're going to talk about both of them. So, did you underline that? Everybody underline it? Mike, did you underline that? Get a pen, underline that in your Bible now, okay? Valerie, make sure he underlines it because Mike needs this, all right? No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 45 is written in the prophets. They will all be taught of God. They asked for the prophets. Now Jesus is going back. He's quoting the prophets. They will all be taught by God. <clears throat> That's from Isaiah 54. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Verse 47, I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here's the bread of life that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. You think Jesus is using a good illustration here? He said, you know about this. You remember this. You are about to celebrate this. You ate all this. They ate all this. Physically, they were provided for and grumbled. Now, I'm giving you something better than that. And he said, I'm the living bread, came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the light of the world. Now, what's important in verse 44, and I had you underline, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now we see, importantly, the divine initiative in salvation. We see that God draws us. We hear often, and I understand it, and I don't raise my hand and say, that, that's wrong, you shouldn't say that. And I sought the Lord, I sought the Lord, and I finally found Him. Technically, no. Technically, God sought you, sought you, sought you, and you responded. Look at verse 37. I love verse 37 for many reasons. John 6, 37. One, it's the first, first time I ever spoke publicly I used John 6.37. I was 16 years old. I spoke at the Union Gospel Mission downtown. What an experience. I had, I think, 10 pages of notes, and I got up, and the director, this guy, a guy named Homer Adair, uh, he was the director of the Union Gospel Mission, much different than it is now. Um, and he said, okay, you've got 25 or 30 minutes. I had 10 pages of notes. I spoke six minutes. <laughs> I was scared to death. But here's the verse I spoke on. John 6, 37. All the Father giveth to me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I only remember it from the King James Version, so you may have it differently. All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. So you say, well, man, then we don't need to do anything, do we? Do we need to go to the mission field? It's all divine initiative. If they're going to be saved, they're going to be saved. Well, wait a second. Let's read another verse. Look at verse 40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. 
and I will raise him up the last day. Bottom line, none of us would come to Jesus unless we were divinely persuaded. That's why I do not believe, and nor does the Bible teach in salvation by works and doing good deeds, because you're earning it, you're deserving it, we can never get there. Because salvation is of God. And salvation comes from God. And Jesus is making that clear when he says, "Unless uh, he said, no one can come to me, to Jesus, unless the Father who sent me draws him. So, well, do you understand the correlation between the divine call of God and the responsibility of man to receive him? No, I don't understand it. I don't have to understand it. I just have to accept it by faith that God drew me as a 12-year-old boy and I looked to the cross and I said, I want to be on His side. But I didn't do that because I mustered up all this courage. I did that because God sought me and said, Hey, little boy, you need to get saved. I'm going to draw you. Here's, let, me, let me read the paraphrase from the message. I think it's a good, a good paraphrase. Jesus said, don't bicker among yourselves over me. You're not in charge here. The Father who sent me is in charge. He draws people to me. That's the only way you'll ever come. Is it up there? Do we have, did I have that on there, John? I want them to be, yeah, there it is. He said, he draws people to me. That's the only way you'll ever come. Only then do I do my work per, uh, putting people together, setting them on their feet, ready for the end. This is what the prophets meant when they wrote and they will all be personally taught by God. Anyone who has spent any time at all listening to the Father, really listening and therefore learning, comes to me to be taught personally, to see it with his own eyes, hear it with his own ears, from me since I have firsthand, since I have it firsthand from the Father. No one has seen the Father except the one who has his being alongside the Father and you can see me. Does that say it well? Um, he chose, you know, as we, as we close this discourse, we realize that the metaphor that Jesus uses is very, very powerful to the assembled Jews. Remind me again, now where are they going? What are they getting? What's the big event coming? Passover. Passover. They're coming to the, to the time um, to celebrate the first Passover. Think back in your mind what that was. The first Passover, they were about to be delivered. This was the last straw. God said, take a lamb, kill the lamb, prepare the lamb, go inside your house, take the blood from the lamb, put it on the doorpost, stay inside, rejoice with your family, eat the lamb, the sacrifice lamb, and what will happen? The death angel will do what? Passover. Passover and the firstborn will be saved. That's what they were going to celebrate. Can you imagine the imagery that Jesus is using when he said, Hey, I'm the lamb. Apply my blood. And the death angel of eternal separation will pass over and you'll be saved. What an illustration.
And he said, I'm going to give you my body, my blood. It will protect you. I want to do something this morning. We're not going to take the Lord's Supper together, although we, we could, we can. But we're going to pass around two baskets of bread. I just bought it this morning, so it's clean, it's fresh, it's not bad stuff, okay? Take a piece of bread, if you will. Just pass it to the next table. Jesus said, let's read verse 51 again. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He said, in other words, this bread represents me. Jesus is all you need. Jesus is all you need. My bread is all you need. What did they believe would sustain their life at this period of time in their culture? Bread. Bread. You notice in the feeding of the 5,000, what did he really talk about? What did he bless? The bread. <laughs> he talked about the bread. The fish were there and they provided sustenance, but they thought of the bread as the staff of life. So he provided the bread. Here's what I want to leave you with. It's, it's the bread of life that brings salvation. He was saying this to the religious leaders. He was saying it's the bread that brings satisfaction. Today, it's not religion that brings satisfaction. It's not your good things you do that bring satisfaction. It's not your memberships, your baptisms, your uh, Boy Scout medals. It's none of those things. Because what's important is ego, I am me. I am the bread of life. I am. So make sure that we know in our own heart that we have taken of the bread of life and said, I am the bread of life. This signifies our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's have a bite. You can tell it's from Walmart. satisfies our hunger eternally today and someday when the resurrection of our body joins our spirit and we're with him forever and we're complete I am the bread of life amen let's pray thank you for this uh, time of remembering what a great God we serve what a great God who saved us. What a great God who sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would have everlasting life and not perish. Thank you that you are our bread of life. You are our satisfier. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.